What's up everybody? Welcome back into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. It's another practice report and it is a big practice report. That is Tim May. This is Spencer Holbrook. Tim, for the first time since Student Appreciation Day in March, maybe April, I can't remember what exactly that was. Maybe it was beginning of April. We got to watch a full Ohio State practice. Ryan Day uh, allowed the media in, opened the doors up. Big Ten uh, bus day, I guess they call it, was here, the road trip Big show. Ten Network. Yeah. yeah, the Big Ten Network was here. And so if the Big Ten Network gets to watch, the local media gets to watch. And there was a lot to take out of all of it. Tim, uh, we're going to dive right in because I don't want to waste any more time. What was your biggest takeaway as you watched the, uh, the All-22, the seven-on-sevens, the, the individual drills? You got to watch the full thing. What did you see? I'm going to write a quick little story about it after we're done. I mean, uh, for, for one thing, one takeaway was watching Cade Stover be athletic going down the field as a tight end, back, back, to, back to his roots, I think, his Ohio State roots of being back at tight end, obviously, this year. He just jumped out a couple times to me. The other things that, that uh, jumped out, of course, is there's a – I don't know if it's a revolving door cornerback right now, but they've definitely got some physical problems there of guys uh, uh, dealing with some uh, what they call soft tissue injuries, uh, not the least of which are uh, was Jordan Hancock. I mean, walking very gingerly on his right leg, which I understand that's probably the one where his hamstring pulled or was strained. Uh, how long he'll be out remains to be seen. But, but what jumped out at me too, though, was just the energy of the offensive lines and the defensive lines when they were getting after each other. Yep. And uh, you know me, man, uh, to me, this always starts at the launching pads. On defense, it's the defensive line. On offense, it's the offensive line. And I kind of like what I saw. I'm going to write a little story about this, too, about the, about the coming forth of some depth there on that offensive line. I think Josh Fryer's getting back slowly, but surely getting back to some form there as a, as a, a definite backup in one of the tackle spots. Enoch Vimahi has got to come on. I think he had some really good moments. A guy that also jumped out at me and just watching some one-on-one -on -one drills was like Toby Wilson, the son of Kevin Wilson. I mean, this guy can hold his own. And uh, uh, so those are just a few of the things. Obviously, the skill positions jump out at you. Uh, G. Scott lining up in one of the drills when they went to like full passing drills. He's out wide at one point. That's no, going to be no surprise to any defense that sees that. I mean, he's listed it tight end, but uh, uh, just making a play and, you know, just round down the line. And Jackson Smith and Jigba just seems to get better and better and smoother and smoother. Uh, almost nonchalant out there, but that's not really the way he's playing. It just looks that way. Well, I don't really know where to begin, Tim, because like I said, there's Probably just covered so the much. the waterfront for yeah, you. Yeah, there but... you go. Yeah, you, you scraped off the top. We'll, we'll make sure to, to dive in now. Uh, I didn't even mention the safeties. You can start there. C.J. Stroud looked incredibly sharp. He missed one throw, I think, all day, and it was an interception by Ja'Kalen Johnson, which to anybody should be good news uh, because Ohio State obviously needs cornerback up there, and for J.K. Johnson to yeah, but be be be, be truthful in advertising there too. It's like the receiver didn't do no what no. C.J. thought he was going to do. That doesn't mean that C.J. read it correctly, but it was like me throwing the ball to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you throw the ball 60 times in a practice, yeah, one might get away from you. One, you know, 59 for 60 is pretty good. C.J. Stroud looked incredibly sharp. Uh, as yeah. did Kyle McCord. I think Devin Brown's still getting his feet wet. Take care of the quarterbacks there. The wide receiver position. It's, it's loaded. Uh, I don't think we need to really hash over that too much. The rotation looks kind of settled with the top Emeka four Egbuka. Yeah. Remember the name. But where I am going to really, really dive in here is along the defensive line. Um, Tim, last year there was a lot of guys out there that you were trying to figure out if they could do it. I think now you've got a bunch of guys you know can do it, and then you've also got guys starting to rise up. I asked Ryan Day about, about Michael Hall who took a red shirt last year, just took a developmental year, needed that to, to really get better. 
and then they're running the run-heavy defensive stuff. You know, Court Williams is out there, a linebacker, and, and you've got some 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 bigger in-the-box safeties out there. And then you look in the middle, and it's not Tyleek Williams, it's not Jaron Cage, it's not Teron Vincent, it's Mike Hall in the middle. And what does that do for this defense if another defensive tackle can come on and and give you know a Tyleek Williams or a Jaron Cage or a Teron Vincent? A breather. What what happens if he can also maybe get after the passer a little bit at that size with Tyleek Williams inside as well with the defensive ends? Mike Hall can be a game changer for this defensive line. And the more I looked out there today, the more he was on the field, not necessarily making the play, but helping other guys make the play. And, and I think that's half the battle for this defensive line. Those guys were not getting off blocks well enough last year, and it, it affected the linebackers. It impacted how the safeties were able to make tackles. And so that can be a complete game changer and then you go to the outside and i don't mean to ramble but then you go to the outside jack sawyer's rotating uh G, or jack sawyer is rotating uh javante jean baptiste is rotating zach harrison's rotating and then you look out there and jt tuimoloa isn't really rotating that that guy is on the field jt tuimoloa is getting after it yeah and i think he has a chance to be a serious serious problem uh, for any offensive tackle or guard, whatever they want to do, trying to defend him this year, trying to block him and keep him out of the backfield this year. That's where my you know, diagnosis of all of this starts, is up front on the defensive line. Uh, those guys look like they're in for a great year. That's where it always should start. If you're talking about a defense being a moving up into the realm of uh, really good to possibly great, you know, boy, really premature to call this great at the moment. Even Jim Knowles wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. But his desires for them to be top five in the country, well, that's where it's going to start. When you look at Georgia last year, uh, the way they got after it up front set the tone for everything else. Mm -hmm. When your linebackers are running around unfettered, getting to the ball, getting to the point of attack, it just makes you look that much better. You're right. I mean, I saw Mike Hall come off at least once and need a little, need a little bit of attention because they are getting after it out there, you know, yeah. from a physical standpoint. But uh, you know, Jerron Cage and uh, and Teron Benson. I mean, as as uh, Jim Knowles referred to him the other day, Jerron and Teron might have been the other way around. It's got a good <laughs> ring to it. Yeah. But boy, those guys that operate in the A gaps, man, if you can just get uh, reliable, consistent push, force, presence in those areas of a defense, it makes everything else about your offense, excuse me, about your defense better. And so that's a good observation on your part. Well, and then you go one layer behind them to those linebackers. And I think it's fairly obvious at this point. I think Jim Knowles was even able to just concede the fact Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers are the two starting linebackers. They're, I don't think there's any question anymore whether Cody Simon can work back into that starting lineup, whether you know other guys, Taraja Mitchell, it's Eichenberg and it's Chambers. But behind those guys, today I was watching a former, another former running back run with the twos, Chip Trainum, and beating guys to the point of attack. Yeah. You know, getting to where he should be before the offensive lineman can block him, and he's shedding blocks and he's getting to a tackle. They weren't hitting today uh, as much as maybe we would have hoped, but Chip Trainum is where he needs to be most of the time, and he gets there in a hurry. Yeah. And that's that line, that's that running back kicking in, along with those defensive instincts from high school, along with just sheer athleticism and strength, because he's one of the strongest guys on that defense. He has a chance now to start to creep up into that conversation of a guy who could have an impact. And I just look around, like I said, and see a lot of guys on this defense that are just starting to, to get there. And, and you feel that 
I'm not going to say top 10, top 5 like those guys are expecting, but you feel that improvement across the board kind of percolating right now. And you yeah. just see it happening in real time. Everybody's getting better. Uh, you know, as the top, as you're, you're, as, you're only as good as your weakest link. Well, the weakest link is going from here to here, and that's moving the entire floor of this defense forward. Yeah. A mobile floor. That's interesting. Uh, <laughs> it's always, I think it's a bit of, we talked to Steel Chambers about this last year when he made the move. I think it's an advantage when you've been a running back and now all of a sudden you're playing linebacker. It's an advantage because you understand the blocking schemes because you've had to study them from the other side. You understand the point of uh, focus on a particular play because you've been on the other side and understood it from that realm. And I think I, I agree with you uh, on Chip Trainum. I think Chip Trainum is going to be one of those stories of the year, uh, barring injury or anything else, who's going to continue to improve because he just now started playing linebacker again. And uh, just, I don't know, just the, the sky's the limit there for him, in my opinion, because I think he every, every, he's got the speed, he's got the physical look to him to be a linebacker, and the more he gets ingrained into what's going on there, it's going to be interesting. You know, as we're watching today, too, I mean, uh, with, with that, as, you, as you mentioned, I mean, big concern has been the uh, problems of keeping two cornerbacks on the field at the same time. I mean, Cam Brown had, has been coming off. I mean, whether he's still on a pitch count or not remains to be seen. I think everybody's projected he and uh, projected uh, Cam Brown and uh, Denzel Burke as the two starters in this defense. And, uh, you know, you, you see uh, other guys, just Jansen Dunn had to come off the field, had a brace on a, on a leg and, and kind of and seek some uh, help. We all know about, as we said, about Jordan Hancock and his pulled hammy. But, uh, you know, that right now looks to be a little bit of the Achilles <laughs> of this defense from the standpoint of just having uh, healthy physical bodies out there on a continual basis. Because in a game, you're going to play a lot more than three plays in a row. But then you well, look, well maybe not. Uh, they're three and out a lot. I mean, yeah. But but the bottom line is that's where if if there was a concern point on this defense right now, it is the physical health of the cornerback room. But that's where you kind of start to see a few reps here and there from Cam Martinez. Cam whether Martinez, that's, man, whether, he's gonna play. I've been calling his name for like six months now. Whether that's in the slot at the nickel corner, whether that's outside, excuse me, at corner. He will be on the field. Wait a minute, I didn't think they played. I didn't think they played. Uh, I thought they played two corners and three safeties. I thought they had well, a nickel safety. Yeah, but is that a nickel safety or a nickel corner with exactly. Dan Martinez? Because exactly. maybe he's just the I'm, nickel. I'm playing with you a little bit because you, it basically is a nickel look no matter how you, no matter what designation you give the player. And, you know, I've been saying this the entire offseason until Jim Knowles lines up against Notre Dame, uh, lines his defense up against Notre Dame, I'm not ready to call anybody the adjuster, anybody the bandit, or anybody the nickel. I want to see how it operates. I want to see how it works, what these positions actually look like. You can take a lot from that Oklahoma State film, but I got news for you guys. Like, the Oklahoma State defense just wasn't near as talented as these guys are. And so Knowles might be able to change things up. I'm, yeah, I'm, they were in, an, they were in a, a league where the offenses get after it, and they ended up, what, among the yeah. elite in the country. So uh, it, it's about 11 guys playing together. The thing that would bug you about this defense is uh, just looking at it on paper just from the get-go, is it is so reliant on everybody being, for one of another term, gap sound, meaning doing your responsibility on a play because it occasionally looks like something can get out of the gate if one guy's out of position. Now, that goes with almost every defense. But, uh, you know, you're just going to see this mature more and more, I think, as a year goes on. And I think that's where the defense of Jim Knowles is a little similar to the defense that Jeff Halfley ran where they were – the defense in 2019 was very, very good. But if you look back, 
there was the opportunity to every, you know, once a game, twice a game, to hit one of those 60, 70 yard plays against that defense just yes. because the way it was aggressive. Well, Jim Knowles' defense is just as aggressive, if not more aggressive, than what Halfley ran. And so you might see a, a 60 or 70 yard play given up by this defense every now and then, but they're going to happen far fewer than they've happened in the last couple of years because of the way that Knowles will attack you as at, from his defense. And so I know a lot of the conversation. Well, it's very reliant on messing with the quarterback and getting after the quarterback. It is yeah. very reliant on that. And uh, but you know you got to stop the run uh, before you before you get after the quarterback, so to speak. I think it looks pretty good. Like you said, he really likes the pressure that's coming from the inside right now with this group of Ryan Day hinted that he does too, and that's 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 so huge. Yeah, absolutely. And I know a lot of the focus is on the defense right now, but. I mean, this is still the number one offense in the country from last year, returning a lot of production. Um, that first-team offensive line looks like it's getting better from last week, even when we saw it. Justin Fry, I mean, gosh, Tim, I, I can't say enough how much that guy just gets after it. The intensity that he coaches with is, yeah. is on another level, and I think that maybe is a little bit of his intensity and a little bit of what we had seen in the past from Ohio State offensive line. The, the, the contrast. Practice, it just wasn't nearly as intense, but now it is. They've turned up the pressure. The running backs look like they had a pretty productive practice and, you know, not the sexiest position in practice when you don't want Trayvon Henderson getting hurt. You don't yeah. want Mayan Williams taking a lot of hits in the middle of August as you want to be playing until January. And so there's not really, I hate to say it like this, there's just not really a lot to report on that offense. It's going to be really good. It's going to be really talented. And, you know, the top four receivers, in my opinion, are now solidified with Emeka Ibuka, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Julian Fleming, yep. and Marvin Harrison Jr. After that, though, might come the intrigue because you've got – you can't just have four receivers. Some, something's got to happen where you need a fifth or a sixth guy. You need to know who that is. Well, Jade Ballard's in there still fighting yep. for it. You know, I mean, uh, you're right on the line, line. And then another guy that again flashed today, like he did in that student appreciation practice, like he did in the spring game, is Evan Pryor. Uh, they're gonna Evan Pryor. You're gonna see Evan Pryor on the field, I think, a lot more than maybe a lot of people think this year because he 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 has uh, home run capability, and he showed that again today. And then I I I would be not a true fan of one of my favorite guys on this this offense right now if I didn't mention his name but I saw a couple plays and I know it was against the third the third team defense and it was against you know some walk-ons and stuff but I saw a couple catches that just aren't normal from Keon Grays and I, I don't think that he's going to have an impact this year on that offense just tuck that name but in, I like in, him man. yeah oh yeah just that name is one to tuck away because you know Chris Olave didn't have a big game until uh, could, Michigan could, could it just year. be that when we get to watch these guys, that Keon Grays makes some plays, or is it he doing it all the time? I mean, well, you know, I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Student Appreciation Day, he had a couple of great, he had a great catch down here in the corner, where standing in the Woody A's Athletic Center. Just you, you go, wow. I mean, who, you know, like you said, you start naming names and then you leave out names, which yep. you feel really, you know, like when you start naming linebackers, you start leaving out linebackers. They're only going to play two at a time. Yeah. It looks like so maybe get away with that with, with these wide receivers like Ryan Day just told us you know they're going to probably have a rotation early because you know some of these guys have proven they deserve at least to be seen and uh, yep. and have a shot and that's, that's what I'm curious about watching that Notre Dame game is how are they going to deploy like you said who are those when they have four wides on the field who are those four wides going to be yeah uh, and you know Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be one of them uh, and you definitely know Jack Smith and Jigba is going to be one of them. But then past that, what are they going to do? Emeka Agbuka deserves to play, in my opinion. Everything I've, every time I've watched him, 
he's done something spectacular. And you didn't even mention the Iron Buckeye, Julian Fleming, exactly. who had the offseason that Well, you mentioned him earlier. I'm yeah. just throwing his, yeah. But, and then you go on down the line, like you like to say, on down the line, who's to say Caleb Brown can't be a punt returner? You know, like he's he's out there making plays. He's, he's getting better. You can see that the progression, he's starting to figure things out. He came in the summer. If he was here in the spring, I think he might be the punt returner right now. He's got electric speed. He looks like he's really comfortable back there. Yeah, but first, first thing a oh, punt yeah. returner has to do is catch, catch the ball. The ball. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba has as good a hands as anybody back there. So I would think he'd be the first deep, first guy back. I would think so, but I don't know how often you want to risk the Bolitnikov favorite back you know, there in the return game. But that's just me. It's and college football. Yeah, and, and you've got to risk the injury. You've also got to risk, you know, what things could happen in practice. We saw a full practice today, Tim. Uh, a lot of names to throw out, a lot of observations to be had, a lot of attention paid to the Ryan Day press conference, which we didn't even get to. Uh, but that's where we're going to wrap it up because we don't want to stand here all day. We'd rather get the content out to the people. So yep. for Tim May, Spencer Holbrook from the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, this has been a practice report on Letterman Row where we cover the Buckeyes all year long. Make sure you check us out on the YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. Come, come hang out with us on the Letterman Lounge, the message board on LettermanRow.com, and we will see you back in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center next week.